Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. News team, all right, let's get to uh, some of the top sto- uh, stories at denversports.com. My man D-Mac writing about the Nuggets saying, don't you dare complain about this year's Nuggets team. And I'll read from the uh, the column, the last paragraph, as he writes, while the end goal is nowhere near completed, you can only play the games in front of you one at a time, and nobody in the Western Conference has done it better. If you have an issue with this team, look in the mirror, because clearly it's a you problem, not a Nuggets problem. Is 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 that a fair comment, or does a team, based on what they've done up up into a certain point, what they've done over the last few years, does it get to a point where it, it's almost hard to enjoy what's in front of you right now because there's so much anticipation slash pressure on what's coming down the road, meaning the playoffs? <clears throat> I in sports, no. I, I don't believe that as, from a fan's perspective, from a player's perspective, from a coach's perspective, I don't think that you ever should really get caught up in, in that aspect because each and every game is different. Mm-hmm. There are different things that happen. Stars are born, right? Stars are made or and people are then, then also fizzle out and, and go in the tank. There's so many different things that can happen. So because the Nuggets have had this certain of like certain thing around them where, yeah, they're, they're playing decent basketball, playing decent basketball, but, but once they get to the postseason, haven't really been able to kind of get to where they have been and every year is their year I don't think that you could look at this year and and just expect that as well as what you've seen in the past I get that you want to enjoy the journey I get that but the Nuggets and this is a good thing by the way this is this is a good thing that that you have built up expectations the standard the bar has been raised and these are all good things but it's at a point now where you really want it to go to that next level. Like a year ago, a year ago at this time, was anybody really able to enjoy the Avalanche regular season? Because there was so much around this team that can you get past the second round? Can you get past the second round? Heck, the team was open about it throughout the regular season and then on into the playoffs. They freely admitted, hey, we got to get over this hurdle. We got to get past this second round uh, jinx or whatever yeah. you want to call it, curse. And so that was always hanging over that regular season. And I feel like the Nuggets, and again, it's a good thing, yeah. have arrived at that point that, hey, what they're doing is awesome, but I expect you to be doing this. Yeah, but- and so now it's how are you going to play in the playoffs are you going to get to that next level that we all expect of you? So a lot to unpack there. Mike. Yeah, okay. what, what, what I would say is with the Avalanche is completely different. 
because we watched the Avalanche team that was by far the most athletic team in the NHL. We watched the Avalanche team that could absolutely take it to you night in, night out. And this has been for the last three years. Mm-hmm. And exactly what you said, can you get it past the second round? But what did we watch the Avs do? When they got to the playoffs, oh my goodness gracious, we have to stay in our style of hockey. Traditionally in the NHL, you know, you, you get a little bit b- bigger on your lineups and you got to w- make sure that you get the back check and the four check and you got to play a little bit more of a physical brand of hockey. They changed their style of hockey once they got to the postseason. And that's why we saw the early exits to the Las Vegas Knights. That's why we saw Dallas just absolutely crippled them. That's why we saw St. Louis be able to get the best of them. Because they were constantly changing who they were. Finally, last year, they said, the heck with this. We're going to do what we've been doing the last three years, what have made us so successful, what have made us one of the best teams in the, in the NHL, the most explosive team in the NHL, and they won a Stanley Cup because of it. So kudos to Betsy for saying, the heck with this. I'm not going to change my philosophy. With the Nuggets now, it's been completely different. And I would challenge people to look at this year as the, the season in, in whole. Is Michael Porter Jr. playing better defense? Yes. You know, was the KCP bringing him in? Was that good for this basketball team? Absolutely. You got a guy who's damn near a spot down three pointer shooter, but also he's going to give you everything that he has and gets the most from his teammates around him. But on the now you end. wonder. But now you want to see how does that translate to the later rounds of the playoffs, right? Absolutely. That's what I'm but, saying. That's but, you're making my point. But no, but this is why I'm not making your point because they're playing a different style of basketball throughout the whole year. It's as different than what we've seen the last couple years. Mm-hmm. You have guys buying in more. So for me, I start salivating at the mouth. I'm like, man, I can't wait to see this style of basketball right. that we've seen this year for the rest of the season, but also in the postseason because I haven't seen this the last couple years. I haven't seen guys buy in, complete buy in from the whole entire team. So for me, I, I tend to get a little bit more excited instead of, man, you know what? I can't be excited about it because, you know, the last couple years we got knocked out in the playoffs. No, and. and- when you when you boil it all down, it, it's a great position to be in as a fan, where you're sitting here saying, "Yes, sure, I'm enjoying this," but I'm most interested and more interested to see what the payoff and how far this team can go, and that's going to be the true test, not what they're doing in a mid February night against Dallas. What? Is it going to look like in May and hopefully June? And can they go to a level that they've never been to before? That's that's what that's what fuels me. Not so much what they're doing. They're, I, I, I know they're I know they're a terrific regular season basketball yeah. team. I know they're going to bring a professional effort every night in a league where more and more teams and players do not bring professional efforts every night. This team does, and that makes them uh, a very easy team to enjoy and root for, and be lucky that you're rooting for. But but still, at the end of the day, it's like I, I was with the Avalanche at this time a year ago. All right, I know you can do all this stuff. Yeah. During the long haul of the regular season. Now prove it to me in the playoffs. But that's why it was different for me. That, that's why I continue to say it's different. With the Avs, they didn't change anything the last four years. The only thing that they changed is how they approached the postseason. Right. With the Nuggets, they changed how they played this year already. Well, and for me, they're already at a level that's never been before. Let's see if it works. The whole entire basketball team has bided. Uh, it, they're talking about defensive play of the game. It, you know, we're having guys get it like Michael Porter Jr. We're like, huh? What? Really? He's buying in that much? So I think it's working for the whole chemistry of the basketball team when you look at the Nuggets. Can't wait to see how it translates come uh, the postseason.
More at denversports.com as writing about it is Will Peterson, the report from our uh, Nine News Bronco Insider that uh, Mike List that the Broncos have requested, requested permission to interview Arizona defensive coordinator Vance Joseph for the Denver defensive coordinator position. We all know Vance's story. He was a uh, defensive coordinator for a year in Miami. His defense was only 27th ranked in the NFL. Did not stop John Elway for uh, only having eyes for Vance, uh, even to the point where he wasn't interested in uh, uh, hiring Kyle Shanahan. How'd that work (laughs) out? But we had great Wednesday practices with Vance, and uh, we had great comments like he's tall. So he's been in Arizona the last few years as a defensive coordinator. You spent uh, a year with the 49ers last year. You played Arizona twice. What's your your view of Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator? Um, I, I think that Vance is, was very handcuffed in his ability out there in Arizona. Arizona wasn't wowing anybody with their defense the personnel. Um, you know, when you look at different guys that they have brought in, they really didn't even have a pass rush last year, right? So uh, he made the most of the situation that he was put in. Now, when you get a guy like Sean Payton, where he has such a huge task of fixing this offense in year one and fixing Russell Wilson and scoring a lot more points, coming to one of the worst offenses in NFL histories, now Sean Payton has to really dive in and, and sink his, his fingers into this offense. When you get look at a guy like Vance Joseph, he's been a head coach. He's been to D.C. out there for the last couple of years out there in Arizona with a first-time head coach in Cliff Kingsbury. Vance Joseph might be being looked at because, hey, you know what? He could handle the brunt of this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I could put him in there, and he's already been a head coach. He's been a head coach here, and, hey, you know what? I, I could just solely focus on offense if I'm Sean Payton. Maybe it might be a situation like that in year one because of how everybody thinks that Sean Payton is going to fix Russell Wilson, right? And I'm looking at it, the Broncos have better odds than than the Minnesota Vikings for winning the Super Bowl or making the postseason next year. I'm just like, what? Are you, are you kidding me? Did you not see this football team? So maybe it's a situation like that. But I, I think that Vance Joseph would be a heck of a defensive coordinator in the National Football League wherever he goes, to be honest with you. And and I trust in him. And if Sean Payton is interviewing him, I'm going to trust in Sean Payton until he gives me a reason not to trust in him. More from uh, Scrappy Will at DenverSports.com writing about how Rex Ryan is now emerging as perhaps a leading candidate for the D.C. position. After everything you said, and I found myself listening to everything you said about Vance, and I'm nodding my head, and there's a lot of things that I agree with. And I'll tell you what, when this whole defensive coordinator search began and you started looking at the possibilities of who Sean Payton would name, if you had mentioned Vance Joseph right at the start, I'd have been, yeah, yeah, for all the reasons you said. But Rex Ryan's involvement, I want Rex. I want Rex. And and it's not because of who's going to be more interesting or a good soundbite and be fun to follow and watch and do his thing from an entertainment standpoint. Vance would bring that as well. But Rex brings a record. Rex brings a resume. You're talking about somebody who in the 12 years, and this this is a, a great stat, in the 12 years that he has been either a defensive coordinator or a head coach, his defenses were top 10 ranked defenses nine of those 12 years. Mm. His defenses in those 12 years were ranked in the top nine in sacks five different times. 
and he brings a level of experience. He was 65 and 68 as a head coach. Now, you're like, 65 and 68, what's so great about that? Well, let, let me tell you, 65 and 68 as a head coach. He was doing that in the AFC East mm. in the age of Brady. Yeah. During the Patriots' 20-year dynastic run, <laughs> he was winning. He was going 65 and 68 with the Jets and Bills. Can you name the quarterbacks he had? Um, Mark Sanchez. Yeah. Did he have Geno? Did Rex have Geno at one point too? Geno Smith? I think so. I think so. And yeah. who did he have in Buffalo? Um, was that, were those the days of EJ Manuel? Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Was that who they had? I'd have yeah. to go back and look. But let me tell you, they didn't have a quarterback. Yes. He did not have a quarterback. And he found a way to keep his team and in And he games. found a way to not only be uh, a 500 coach in that division, he also went to a, a couple AFC championship games. Yeah. Went, won four playoff games all on the road. Yep. Hey. Um, yeah. I, I, I like Rex Ryan. I, I think Rex Ryan let's would get be it a done. great hire as well for the Broncos. I, I don't think that either one of these guys are, are really going to be a bad candidate because, like I said, I am trusting in Sean Payton. Yeah. I am trusting that Sean Payton understands the pressure of this job. So if Rex Ryan becomes the guy that he says, hey, you know what, that's my guy. Hey, their philosophies have to match up. And, you know, as a head coach, just because Sean Payton is an offensive-minded head coach doesn't mean that he doesn't have to, you know, talk with the defensive coordinator. I watched Kyle last year as an offensive-minded head coach that calls the plays for the offense, jump always on the defensive uh, um, headset and talking to D'Amico. What are we going to right now? And talking about, you know, what the, the adjustments and things like that. So, you got to be able to do it all. And if Rex if, if Rex is the guy and Sean Payton identifies Rex as the guy, man, I, I want to see what Rex brings to it. Now, schematically, I'm very interested to see what the Broncos do under VJ or Rex Ryan as far as are we running 3-4? Are we running 4-3? Nowadays in today's NFL, everything's a 4-2, right? Because everybody, you put three wide receivers out there, you have to go nickel. So how do you now get the best out of your players? And what do you do? Do you do a little bit more man or do you do a little bit more zone, especially in this division? I want to circle back to the the Ryan conversation because you said something earlier in the show that uh, made me even more bullish on the idea of hiring Rex. We'll get to that. But first, Jake Shapiro at DenverSports.com writing about the Rockies giving Bud Black... Another year to skipper this rudderless ship. <laughs> mm. uh, but you know what? It, it makes it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Oh, that here's an organization that since its inception has picked one lane and stayed in that lane. They started with the Dan O'Dowd model in the front office. They've never deviated from it. What we've seen with Dick Montford over the years is... It's it's presented as loyalty. I choose to look at it more like this guy is just afraid of change. Yeah. He's 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 paralyzed by the idea of really shaking things up and 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 bringing in outside voices and 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 doing things that go against what you've done for years. That's what you think? He lo- yes, this guy craves the status quo. Yeah. And and Bringing back Bud Black is yet another example of that because, and I don't, I, please do, do not misconstrue what I'm saying. I do not blame the Rockies' woes on Bud Black. I think you, you give Bud Black a pretty good baseball team, he'll be a pretty good manager for it. He's already shown that here. But the problem is, is that for a franchise that's just stuck, yeah. going nowhere, 
why not, just for the sake of change, bring somebody different in? Uh, bring somebody- in a Joe Girardi who might come in and do some things that will make people uncomfortable, but maybe because that might he work. doesn't because Dick Monfort doesn't want to be uncomfortable. I know he doesn't want to bring somebody in that all of a sudden they're demanding more money. Hey, we got to go get better right, players. Right. I'm not going to sit here and be a below 500 baseball team or right around 500 or whatever the case may be. Bud Black takes a lot of pressure off of Dick Monfort because Bud Black will sit up there and go and say the right things in front of the media and say the right things to the fan base. Or a lot of times, W. Yeah, tonight um, it didn't happen. Yeah, but I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's that's classic Bud right there. Okay, that's Bud. Did not happen that night. But um, <laughs> I, I truly believe when you look at just Dick Monfort, he, he's very content with how he runs this baseball team, and. He doesn't want to sell out and put all the chips in the middle of the table and go try to win a championship. But Black doesn't demand that of him. And it's a comfortable situation. Good company, man. Yeah. Good Good company, company, man. man. And you know what? It's worked well for Bud. He's got job security. He continues to manage in the big leagues, continues to make uh, good money, all in an environment where there are no (laughs) expectations. Hey, if they go 500 this year, speaking of parades... Uh, Dick Monfort will petition to be able to throw one. W. Look at us. We got to 500. W. All right. That's what's going on at denversports.com. The denversports.com front page with uh, fresh content coming on down throughout the course of the day. It's always free to you to uh, check out. Give it a look. Make it a favorite that you go back to time after time after time. Get those signed up for those alerts whenever fresh material drops and uh, go check out what's being said, written, and news, information, opinions, it's all right there. Uh, back to Rex. I got a text here while we were talking. Rex is washed up, Mike. It's time to move forward. Now, I raised that question earlier this week with Stink because I had the same concern. Guy hasn't been a head coach since 2016. Guy has been a coordinator since, like, 2008. So what about the idea that, yeah, he's been out of the game too long? You said something interesting. I'd love for you to kind of summarize it again. The idea that... You really never go out of uh, style, I guess, as a defensive guy because of the nature of defense. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at just defense, period. All right. Cover two is cover two from your time you're playing little league through high school, through college, through the pros. Right. Now, uh, all the coverages stay the exact same. And when you look at Rex Ryan and, and the fact that he's been a defensive minded head coach and he's coached defense for many, many years, all of those things stay the exact same. Now, the techniques might vary, but Rex is going to come in and say, hey, you got to do things my way. Right. And he's going to teach the guys and, and his way is going to be successful. Offense is always, you know, evolving and and there's more added to the playbook. There's more wrinkles. There's hey, you know what? We do this really well as a football team. So now how do we window dress this so we can continue to do this? So teams don't know that we are just running the same exact plays. Defense the playbook is you know, 30 pages compared to our offensive playbook. That's 500 pages. Now, not taking anything away from defensive players because it's still very, very hard to play in the National Football League. But when you look at a head coach, it's easier for a defensive head coach to be out of the game for a couple of years and come back in it 
versus an offensive coach where the offense is constantly evolving and, and wrinkles are being, you know, shown in the National Football League and, and people are saying, man, we got to go do that. And how do we put that in our system here where defense is like, hey, you know what? It, it, you've been running the same thing since day one. Mm-hmm. Now we just call it something differently here because this is the guy that now is calling the plays here for us. So why is it that there's such an emphasis on getting younger when it comes to the offensive guys? But why is the idea that those veteran defensive guys, I get your point about how the game itself hasn't changed, but what what do they bring? What's the idea of the veteran defensive guy so that, Vic, so that Vic Fangio now is in charge? Hey, Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips has been around this league for decades. He was the guy that came in and made this 2015 defense no. go. You uh, were you, uh, Sean McVay gets the job with the Rams. The first hire yep. is Wade Phillips. Yep. So no. you said knowledge. Knowledge, right? Knowledge. So when you look at these defensive coordinators, these guys that have been around the NFL for many, many years, and these these highly coveted guys, right? Wade Phillips, right? And I saw on the text line today, at least 10 different texts. Wade Phillips. Yeah. Forget Vance Joseph. Forget Rex Yeah, Ryan, bring back bring Wade, back right? Wade, yeah. Right? Where the National Football League, we, we see it as, as a copycat league. We've seen so many people copy what Vic Fangio has done in the National Football League. When you get now a older guy that's done it for many, many years, that a guy even like Bill Belichick, it's all about just tweaking that player. I look at a guy like Akeem Tlaib when he was in there, when he was in New England the year before he got here. Well, Bill let him play man-to-man coverage, and Akeem Tlaib was one of the better man-to-man coverage corners in the league, but. It was off coverage. It was, hey, you're going to sit at 10 yards before the ball is snapped, and you're going to kind of let that wide receiver kind of eat up that space, and now you're going to react. When Akeem came here now, and you got Jack Del Rio, Jack saying, strap it up. We want you on the line of scrimmage. So if you could get an opportunity of jamming him and, and disrupting the timing, I want you to do that. Now, we're still going to let you play man-to-man, but we're going to allow you to be more physical to screw up the timing of the quarterback because guess what? We got D-Ware rushing the passer. We got Von Miller rushing the passer. We got Malik Jackson, Derek Wolf. We got these guys rushing the passer. So if you could just get the quarterback to hesitate for half a second by jamming that wide receiver and not giving him that outlet, we should get the sack. Right, So now it's just tweaking it and saying, hey, man, I have these monsters on this defensive line. Let's be as physical as possible on the back end because now that's going to transition into sacks for this football team. You know, the other big difference is with defense, your defensive coordinator, he's coaching the defense. He's coaching the defensive unit. Mm-hmm. Today's NFL, what's the offensive guy doing? What's the offensive coordinator? What's his main charge? To get along with the quarterback, <laughs> yeah. to get the most out of one guy, one guy, and so now the the feeling is is younger, creative, energy, gotta relate, relatability. Yeah. That that's that's the thing you're looking for in your offensive guy, which probably leads to the trend of of younger guys getting these offensive jobs. Whereas with the with the defense, it's still hey, you're looking for a guy who who's coaching the entire unit. Yeah. And that's where that experience comes into play. So maybe maybe that, that best explains it. And and by the way, for the folks who are saying Sean Payton should pick up the phone and talk to Wade Phillips, 100% agree. 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Why not? You talk to everybody. Don't leave any stone unturned. If I'm Sean Payton, man, the, the, this pressure, the pressure that comes with the Denver Broncos job, he's going to, I guess he's fixing to find out because 
Uh, we're going to pick. New Orleans. Yeah, we, we everything gets picked apart. Your hires get picked apart. I, I, I hope that Sean Payton this morning t- turned on the radio station and heard VJ. What do you What do you mean VJ is a candidate or Rex Ryan? Like everything is scrutinized yep. when you're the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And Wade Phillips hasn't coached in the NFL since 2019. To which I say, who cares? Because mm. you're right. I and I went into this thinking that maybe how long you've been out of the game would matter, but. Stink said it's no big issue. You've said it's no big issue. And you've sold me to the idea that, hey, older's better. Yeah. On the defensive defensive side. On the defensive side. And so the fact that Rex Ryan has been out of the game for six years, who cares? The fact that uh, uh, Wade Phillips has been out for three, four years, who cares? Talk to these guys and uh, see if it's a fit. Good stuff. Okay, coming up, we'll get to uh, some of your reaction to all this on the uh, text line, uh, 303-713-1043. And I want to get your thoughts, Big O, as somebody who is a little bit skeptical at first about the idea of Sean Payton being able to get the most out of Russell Wilson. What makes you convinced that he can? That's next. When the day is done, the game is over, and you need a break from all the stress. Relax in your tub or shower from Bathfitter. Bathfitter will fit your budget with a price match guarantee. No money down, no payments for up to five years. Get the ball rolling. Visit bathfitter.com today. You're going to need a bigger boat. It's time for Schlereth and Evans' big story of the day. Why is just that you're so, you're so big. Here's Schlereth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports. Big mistake. Big, huge. Big O sitting in for uh, Stink off today. And this is your first chance to uh, react to some of the things that have happened since you've been gone. You've been traveling all over the uh, Southern Hemisphere uh, for the last uh, couple of weeks. So this is your first time back since the, the Sean Payton hire. And I remember before you left on your travels yes, that you were skeptical about the idea of Payton changing his philosophy to be able to get the most out of Russ. I'm skeptical of, of any coach changing their philosophy for the player. Skeptical. And, and that goes because of the just the history. I watched Gary Kubiak come in. Gary knew he had Peyton Manning. What did he tell Peyton? No, we're going to run the heck out of this football. We're going to play tough defense. You you have to, at 37 years old, go under center and, you know, set a hut. Paradise is going to snap you the ball. And you're going to have to run, you know, eight yards to the left and sprint and look like you're going to blow out a hamstring every single time that you're doing it. But this is the offense that we're going to run. I watched when I left the Broncos, how I played the game, and Joe D'Alessandro changed everything about me out there when I put, got there with the Chargers. So I'm skeptical of any coach really kind of changing their philosophies and things that they have done in the past for the player. So you think it's a case of trying to fit a, a round peg into a, a square hole when it no, comes to Peyton and Russ? No, no, no. Because I'm not convinced that if you're saying... Hold on. I, I, I if think, you're saying that Russ has to play Drew, like Drew Brees, I don't. I don't think he can do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think that Russ was already trying to play like Drew Brees this past year with Nathaniel Hackett. I think how Nathaniel Hackett went about it did not best prepare Russell Wilson to have the most amount of success during football games. 
oh, we don't do seven-on-seven seven because that's not real football. Well, a short quarterback needs seven-on-seven seven just to understand the timing of it, to now build the confidence with his wide receivers, his tight ends, and his running backs that they're going to be there, and they're going to be there on time. And it feels right to let the ball go right now, even before that wide receiver has put his foot in the ground to now have the break and, and now go to the right or go to the left to now have an opportunity of catching the ball. So I watched Nathaniel Hackett not pair well with Russell Wilson because I don't believe that the Broncos practiced the right way in order for Russell Wilson to have success. Now, Sean Payton, he has had Drew Brees. He has had that shorter quarterback, and Drew Brees was always at the top of the league in passing yards. That's not just Drew Brees seeing it. He's a shorter quarterback. Typical offensive lineman, they average about 6'3", 6'4", right? Drew Brees is not seeing everything that he's throwing, but he trusts Michael Thomas is going to beat that jam. He trusts that Michael Thomas sees that wide receiver that is that that cornerback that's 10 yards off and oh they're in a cover two shell with two safeties that he's going to get to that right spot and, and split both of them uh, on the thousand two so I can let the ball go at that point because of practice habits. Broncos had really, really bad practice habits last year. Watch Russell Wilson have issues with the time and aspect of this offense in practice last year. So now you got an adult in the room. I think Sean Payton is going to go off of the model of repetition, repetition, but also ruling with the iron fist and letting guys know that, hey, if you don't do it right and you don't get the right depth, this doesn't work. So now Russell Wilson will have more confidence in being able to do the things that Drew Brees has done from the pocket. Okay, so this is your take is is one I haven't heard much around here in this conversation. I've been so gone, baby. I know, and I want to I want to explore it a little bit more because the, the popular opinion was we saw a better Russ at the end of the season. We saw a better offense at the end of the season because Russ went back to doing some of the things he was doing in Seattle. We saw Russ trying to morph into Drew Brees, and it just didn't look right. Are you saying no, so? Sean has already done that. So, I, some help. so do I have this right in saying that you believe that Russell Wilson can go down that Drew Brees path, and the reason it'll be different is just because Peyton's a better coach and Peyton will insist on practicing different. Peyton was the best candidate for the Denver Broncos when you look at Russell Wilson because of two things. Not only because of the Drew Brees aspect and what I just all labeled him, and, you know, being the adult in the room and ruling with the iron fist and making sure the wide receivers and the tight ends and all these different things. But also Peyton had, had much success, very much success with Taysom Hill. Hey, hey, we're going to move the pocket. Hey, there's going to be opportunities for you to run the football. So Sean Payton has already done it as well. Now you got Russell Wilson. You got the shorter quarterback that can cook from the pocket, has thrown a, a pretty deep ball, went away last year, hopefully he gets that back. But he has the Drew Brees. Um, he has some qualities of Drew Brees. But he also has now some qualities of, of Taysom Hill. Now Sean Payton has a very unique opportunity this year where your starting quarterback has both the things that you had in New Orleans with two quarterbacks. So now it's build a playbook where there's a little bit of both. It seems like it's more, it's got to be more of a Taysom Hill type approach. Uh, see, I, I I don't think that it's going to be more of a Taysom Hill type of approach because of Russell Wilson being, what, 34 yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, last year, had a couple injuries, missed a couple games. I don't think that it's going to be more Taysom Hill. I think it's going to be probably 75-25. Really? Uh, 75% of what Drew Brees did and do, doing things out of the pocket. You think, he, you think Russ can do that? Why, why do you? 
No, no, no. I, I, Russ wants to do that. We I, saw him. Well, That's what he wants. Well, I wanted to be, you know, six foot three, too. And I was. Jeans. I, got, I got what James. I got. Russ Wilson can say he wants to be Drew Brees. And I, I you know, we had Brock Hewitt on throughout the course yeah. of the season. He goes, oh, absolutely. He wants to be Drew Brees. Yes. Great. He wants to be Drew Brees. Doesn't mean he can be. Anytime a quarterback like Russell Wilson talks about, hey, I'm playing another decade in the league and he's 33 years old, he's going to have to learn how to win and do it from the pocket. You're going to have to learn how to do that. But that doesn't mean you can. Exactly. But I am banking on right now, Mike, here today, February 16th, I am banking on the fact of the lack of practice last year and how the Broncos went about practice. Two days on, one day of a jog-through. Jog-throughs get absolutely nothing done for the chemistry of wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs and the quarterback. And it does absolutely nothing for the passing game when you're in game-time situations. The fact that the Broncos did not do 7-on-7, that doesn't help as well. So I am banking on there's going to be a better product out there on the football field because they're doing these things this year. They are doing seven-on-seven. Sean Payton is getting after the wide receivers if they're not at the proper depth. And it's letting it be known that Jerry Judy, if you're the first in the read, you can't play around and be doing all these fancy. No, you've got to create separation right now. I'm banking on those things. Because Russell Wilson wants to be like Drew Brees, I think he's going to be at the edge of his seat under Sean Payton. And whatever Sean Payton says to Russell Wilson, Russell's going to buy in 100%. Now, there is also that, like I said, that 25% where because Russell's 34 years old and because you want your starting quarterback out there, he's the guy that you're paying all that money. Because of those aspects, there's only probably going to be about 25% where you're exposing him where he could probably get hit or take the big hit. But he's going to, Sean Payton and I, I anticipate he's going to do a lot of things with Russell Wilson out of the pocket first. Well, then these comments from Payton. In the pocket, sorry. Then these comments from Peyton must be music to your ears. Look, I don't believe in sitting all our players during three preseason games. We're going to play them. You know, we're going to play Broncos them. players learning that right now. Yeah, <laughs> and, and this whole idea that they're going to be healthier, we haven't seen the data. There's nothing that tells us, you know. So we're going to play in preseason games. Now, we'll have a method to how we do it. Oh, that must be. I, I've, Not I've, only for you, Chad, yeah. uh, Nate, all, all the former players on our station who just could not believe the way Nathaniel Hackett was running things last year. I I, I played here for four years, Mike. In four years, I missed one game with the Broncos. In 2015, I left the Broncos in free agency. That was the first year that my agent, Drew Rosenhaus, told me, literally, do not work out. He said, do not work out. We do not need you to get hurt. You, Whatever team you sign with, you're going to have to take a physical. I completely changed how I went about the offseason. And listened a lot to him because I didn't want to get hurt. I knew I had to take a physical with this team. When I went to the Chargers now, getting into the season, I missed eight games that year. I changed my philosophy as far as callousing my body up, getting ready for the grind, being in that constant, you know, tenseness with your body because you're constantly hitting, you're constantly doing something and got hurt because of it. So, yes, this is music to my ears because I was wondering what the heck are we doing out Mm -hmm. here last year? And also... I understand what Hackett was saying, but there's, football is never at half speed. Every time you get an opportunity to practice, unless you're going full speed, you're wasting a rep, in my opinion. So a lot of reps were wasted for this team last year. Can't wait. Uh, I, I suspect I got lucky to, to cover Bill Parcells for a couple of years when he was coaching in New England, and that was, 
I learned so much about about football. Every every press conference was football one on one with this guy. It was awesome. And I have a feeling as I listen to Sean Payne, I'm going to hear a lot of that Bill Parcells influence. And one thing Bill Parcells always said then, and he said it throughout his career: the only way you get better at football is playing football. The only way you get better at football is practicing football. And uh, that is going to be a welcome approach with uh, Sean Payton this offseason. A lot to react to uh, with the with the, the, the Bronco talk, the Avs, the Nuggets. I asked the question earlier. If you had to bet right now your hard-earned money, who's holding the parade in June? Is it the Avs or is it the Nuggets? Your reaction next. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. on the uh, text line as we get ready to uh, hand things off to the Players Club with Orlando going on two more hours. See, we're, we're throwing you right back into it. Yeah. You got, yeah. like, all this time off, yeah, traveling. Back, five hours for you. Beaches, warm <laughs> weather, great food, and now five hours. Mm. Welcome back. Welcome back. Five, five hours with a dentist appointment right after. The oh, there you cavity. go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Here's one. Last year, Broncos country was run by the inmates. We need a leader, head coach, to take charge. Um, don't really like that um, comment, inmates. But um, you do need to out in well, the room. No, the idea, the idea that it was too I, that it was too player friendly. There, when I heard players, and I think it was. Uh, you could be a player's coach, and it could be player-friendly, but you have to set the expectations as well. well John Fox was there. a player's coach, right? I love John Fox, but we understood with John Fox, show up on a Wednesday, we're going full pads. doesn't matter if you're on an eight-game winning streak or anything. Right. We're still going to go full pads. We're going to grind when it's time to grind. I think the texture's point is that it was too much of an emphasis was made to keep the players happy. Yes, there, there's no there's no room in football for that. Okay, I, then. I, I, if if that's what we're you're telling me that we're getting out of that, yes, I agree with that. Um, there has to be a clear cut person where the buck stops with them. There has to be a guy that we, you understand the philosophy. Nathaniel Hackett, how could you tell your players that hey, you got to be on time, you got to be accountable, and you're late to every press conference every single week type of thing, right? So you got to be able to. Um, Practice what you preach. And as a head coach, you've got to be able to manage all three phases equally, in my opinion. And it's got to be very much known that all three phases are important from the get-go. You can't just tailor to one side and, and lean to one side over the other. Um, and, and I saw all these things that I think are bad things, if you're not doing them, happen with the Broncos last year. Yeah, when I, when I would hear players talk about how I love this practice schedule... I love how they're keeping us fresh. Yeah. Well, of course you would. When you hear players say, man, I've never played for a coach who gets players as much as Nathaniel Hackett. Mm. That's, come on, that's that's eye-rolling time. That's that's the first sign that, uh, you know, something is really wrong. You you can have, you like you said, you it's clear whenever you talk about John Fox, the respect you have for John Fox, and how John Fox... Uh, took care of you guys as players. Hey, Stink tells stories about Peyton in, in New Orleans, that this is a guy who literally instills fear in the building, but yet puts as as much energy as possible to improving 
the conditions for the players. Yeah. You can do both. What I liked about so I was you didn't have that with Hackett. Yeah, so I was actually uh, in, in I think it was 2017. I, was, I signed with the Saints and I get there and you know training camp starts. I blew my knee out about seven days of, of the, into training camp, but you know you go through the first practice, uh, everything goes well. After practice, Peyton blows the whistle. He's like, "All right, on the line." I'm like, "What do you mean on the line?" This is like year eight for me, year seven for me in the NFL. I've never conditioned in practice before. Like I, the way I practice is the way that I condition, right? So we run a run play. Like I, I sprint fifteen yards after the play. After I'm done my block, we run a pass play. As soon as the ball goes in the air, I'm sprinting down the field trying to get a block. Right? That's how I've always conditioned. Whether it was under John Fox or when I was with the Chargers, because Uncle Mike was a disciple of Foxy, so for me I was just like, "Oh, wait, that's weird." Okay, a couple days later, now we're going, and it's training camp, and you know we're, it's a hard period, Mike. This period, the ones are going for you know six reps, the twos are going for six reps, the threes are going for six reps. With them after that, now the ones got to go back in for another four, the twos are going for another four. So we go through this whole cycle, and we finish it, and Sean Payton blows the whistle. And everybody starts jogging to the sideline to start their conditioning. And he says, wasn't good enough. Run it again. What do you mean, run it again? No, start the whole period over. So he allowed the period to finish and said, yeah, that wasn't good enough, that period, on neither side of the ball. So we're going to start this whole thing over. Just like you know the plays that are coming at you, now you got to go do it again. And I was just like, oh, my goodness gracious, this guy's different. This this is a little bit different. So he is the adult in the room. He is the guy that if you're not doing things the right way, that, hey, we're going to do it again until you get it right. And I love that about a coach because I truly believe the best coaches are the guys that understand there's about 15 inches from the middle of your back to the middle of your butt. And the reason why I say that is because when you do well, yeah, give that guy a pat on the back and let him know. But if he messes up something, go down 15 inches and kick him in his butt and let him know. Whether you have to restart the drill or you got to chew him out. That's what the Broncos need. There's a culture issue there. So many times last year we talked about the culture of the Broncos. And I feel very good with Sean Payton being here because I know the culture is going to get right for the Denver Broncos. By the way, I was uh, reminded when I said, hey, reach out to Wade Phillips when it comes to the uh, defensive coordinator position. And uh, some people who follow the... uh, uh, XFL a lot closer than I do. Uh, mentioned that Wade is currently the head coach and general manager of the Houston Roughnecks. Mm. Yeah, that and to that I say so. Yeah, you think he's going to turn down a chance to be a defensive coordinator <laughs> back think, in the NFL? You think the XFL could block him right, either right. from going? We got to a to contract, damn it! Heck, he, Wade could leave and go be quality control for the defense <laughs> until. Whatever XFL team, see you later. Yeah, I don't think that th- don't there think would be this... any issues. Yeah, if um, Sean Payton identified Wade Phillips as a candidate for him to become the next defensive coordinator for, for the Broncos. Yeah, exactly. So I, I do not think that that would be a major roadblock if if there was a genuine interest. But uh, haven't heard Wade's name, but it's it's Vance Joseph and and Rex Ryan right now. Uh, Sean Desai, who was mentioned early on in this cycle, his name seems to have uh, disappeared. So if you had to choose, Wade, or excuse me, Rex or VJ? If I had to choose today, Rex right. or VJ, Rex. 
works. No, no question. Um, no question. Uh, I also believe that there's value in what Rex has been doing for the last couple years. I know people will look at it as a as a disvalue or look at it as maybe even a blemish. As why would you go get this guy? He's been in a booth uh, or you know been doing TV for the last couple years. You know, once you're a ball coach and once you love football, you love it. That love doesn't go away. And when you see great efforts for for certain teams, you want to ask them. You know, I, I've done it this year. When there's been times where Minnesota has blown teams out, had a great game of rushing, and I'm reaching out to Coop. Yo, what did you guys do different? Tell, talk to me about this play where Dalvin Cook went for 40 yards. Like, how did you guys block that up? You're constantly trying to further your knowledge. And I've only coached one year as an intern, and I'm, and I was doing that. I couldn't even imagine what Rex Ryan was doing just over the last couple of years with the fact that he's just been, you know, doing TV, but he was a head coach. He was a D coordinator for many, many years in this league. So once you know football, it, the, the passion doesn't go away. Um, I, I think that it would be an all-star cast as well. I, yeah. I think that that would help out Sean Payton tremendously having a guy like Rex Ryan on this staff. And you know what? And you know what else a Rex Ryan would bring? He would bring to the table, he would not be just a yes man for Sean Payton. Yes. And one thing we learned this year with Nathaniel Hackett. Can't have just yes men. You have to have somebody that can step up and say, yo, what are you doing? Yeah. And and Mike Shanahan and Gary Kubiak had that. Well, Mike Shanahan had it with both Gary Kubiak and Alex Gibbs. He had two guys who would uh, have no problem going up to him and go, what, what, the, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. And, you know, for a guy like Payton, having a guy like Rex. Yeah. Who you know would not be afraid to share his opinion? Great. And the last thing, streets are cold. Rex Ryan understands that. He's been in the, he's been doing TV for not one year, not two years. He's been doing it for what the last six years or so. Streets are cold. When your name's not hot, it's not hot. So for him to get another opportunity, yeah. obviously he wants this opportunity to come back. Yep. And you don't think he's going to work his butt off to keep Sean Payton in that head coaching chair, but also to create other opportunities for himself as well? I, I think it would be good for this football team for sure. Yeah, I think there was a time when Rex went into TV that he figured his phone would be ringing pretty pretty quickly. And now the years have dragged on, and now he's looking at it like, hey, if I want to get another shot at being head coach, I probably got to get back on that uh that carousel again, and that means working my way back up, but being able to come from a position of defensive coordinator, uh, not too far to have to work your way back up. Hey, thank you so much. You'll be back again tomorrow. Looking forward to it. That is if you're not like... No, no thanks th- for having That me. is I'll exactly if you don't strain something over these next two hours. Five Damn. hours of radio after not doing it for a while. I don't want you to like hurt well, yourself. Well, I'm going to hang out and let Chad and Nate do all the heavy lifting. There you go. Players Club coming up next. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits.